Hey, listeners, welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate. So today, we just want to welcome all of you back to school. Uh, we want to challenge you this year maybe to, to try a few things uh, that maybe takes you out of your comfort zone a little bit. So, Stephanie, what's some, what's some things that you're going to work with your teachers on to try to challenge them this year to try something different? Yeah, I think for most of my teachers, um, they've been doing, you know, a lot of different things. But one thing I really want to focus on is executive functioning skills. Um, so again, kind of giving the ownership back to the students. Um, we, ha we had it going before COVID and then it kind of started to, I don't know what happened to the kids, um, but something just happened. Um, so now that we are heading back, I really want to start working on those executive functioning skills and that way they can be ready to do some innovative projects. They can be ready to try and get ready for their job or that kind of thing. So that's kind of my focus this year is just executive functioning and putting different systems in place. Um, and I'm hoping that I can find some things in the next couple of weeks that are just fun and cool. Game-based learning is always a good one too. Lance? Yeah, I'm right there with you. So I think that, and we talked about this a little bit on the last show, uh, we, we've got to get teachers to to shift the model of them doing 80% of the work and the students doing 20% and put it back on the students. So well, obviously most of us learn by doing, not by sitting and being preached at or, or talked to or lectured to and then say, hey, give us what you learned back on this uh, worksheet here. Uh, no, but we need to have them hands-on really getting getting into the learning, digging in and creating, making some stuff, getting to the higher levels of Bloom's taxonomy. So, and I don't want to, you know, make teachers too uncomfortable, but find something that you're comfortable with, whether it be students making Google Slides presentations, getting up, giving presentations, or if it's really STEM makerspace, you know, if you, if you feel comfortable doing that, you know, but do something. Don't, don't sit there and do the same thing that you've done the last 20 years. Just do something to, that way you don't get bored with it. Uh, but, you know, do something to engage the students more into learning and to make it fun for yourself. So, uh, Stephanie, how, how, are you going to, how are you going to support that? How are you going to get the teachers ready to do that? Um, my best method is coaching cycle. So having the teachers meet with me, hopefully they kind of tell me some of those pain points of um, what's going on in their classroom. I've worked with most of these teachers for over uh, six years. So I have really good relationships, I, I believe. And once we have kind of gone through, okay, these students that I have this year are struggling with this, then we can start to create and customize some of the different research that's out there for their classroom. And then usually I go in and I co-teach with them. Sometimes I model. Um, sometimes I watch them and give them feedback. It just kind of depends on who I'm working with or what part of the cycle we're in. And then after that, that reflection piece. Um, so that is my like best model for getting teachers to try new things. There you go. So I'm so excited to bring our guest on today. Uh, Jeff, he has been an evangelist for uh, ed tech and peach, uh, teacher training. And, you know, I got to meet Jeff, I think the first time was at FETC a few years ago. I was on his uh, podcast, Teacher Cast. Uh, so, Jeff, welcome to the show today. Uh, so you, you heard us talking about really trying to get teachers to try a few things as they come back to school. What how do you engage and inspire teachers to, to do this? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you, uh, great to be here today. And it was great to see you guys at ISTE a few weeks ago. You know, when I'm looking at the beginning of a school year, I always go back to those basic 
assignments that every teacher at some point in time asked their students, you know, the what was your summer like? Um, what did you do? Did you go on a trip? What are you looking forward to? Really, it's about getting your students to be able to tell their story, be able to share a little bit about themselves and be able to really give a sense of how they're able to communicate with this world. And once we can do that, then we can bring that into the digital world and start to work on some of those digital learning skills. You know, taking the simple concept of, you know, hey, Lance, how was your summer? That could be easily be a Google Docs lesson where you're showing off, you know, Get, you know, Lance, give me 10 things that you liked about the summertime. Let's create a bulleted list. Let's change that bulleted list maybe into checkboxes. Let's then take that and learn how to bold and italicize the ones that we find um, really interesting. And then maybe from there we can create a paragraph after one of those. Maybe we can expand that paragraph. And then in a few minutes, maybe we can do an audio podcast about those where you just basically read the paragraph out and really take those first couple of weeks of school to go a simple question like, hey, Lance, how was your summer? And really turn it into a digital learning lesson where students are starting to be able to tell their stories. And then after that, really the sky's the limit because if you can tell your own story, then you can tell the story of, the science curriculum, the English curriculum, the novel you're reading, the social studies, the history person, um, so many different things that you can expand on. But I know this time of year, I'm always going to be looking to figure out how to work with my students and teachers on that basic, hey, how are you doing? What do you like about yourself? What do you like doing? And then we can start to plan out a curriculum of digital learning from there. You know, and maybe uh, I think something you touched on here, too. You can also learn learn about your students from this. Absolutely. You can also see how do they like showing, we'll say, mastery of content. You know, do they like making Google Slides? Do they like doing podcasts? Do they want to film themselves making a video? Uh, so so then you're, you're learning a little bit about your students along the process that can help you throughout the whole year. Um, you, so many insights you can get there. Absolutely. And I try not to use the big words. You know, I, I, I tend to not walk into a class and say, we're going to make a podcast today. That gives a whole different level of stress. But if you just say, look, you took this paragraph that you wrote or, hey, we're reading this chapter. Let's just open up an audio recorder and read the chapter, read your writing. Um, you and I can use the word podcast. Me and the teacher can use the word podcast. But for the student, just record what you're reading. And if you make a mistake, record it again. Get the kids to be able to be open and start to feel comfortable with different medium around them. And then let's see what they can do. Yeah, and I liked what you said too about like coming back from summer, create a Google Doc, write what you did, you know, just real quick. And that's very low cognitive because the kids, they, they're used to, you know, going to the pool or going to the beach or whatever they did. And that's very low cognitive. And you're starting to be able to introduce them to that technology if they haven't seen it. So it, it just makes things a lot easier. Absolutely. And there's a lot of great resources I have on this over on teachercast.net. I'm starting to put all my lesson plans from the last couple of years into uh, the resources that I have on TeacherCast. And that's certainly going to be one of them. I have a, a post up on TeacherCast called Learn 10 Reasons Why Your Students Are Awesome. And basically it goes into what I like to use as that first lesson plan. Because as you said, Yes, it's about, you know, what did you do over the summer, but you're also sitting there and actively engaging them in, okay, we can, we can highlight, we can copy, we can paste, we can bullet points, but did you know that if you double click those bullet points, you can turn them into checkboxes or arrows or emojis or, you know, showing them a few things they might not know to get them hooked throughout this entire school year. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I just linked that um, resource that Jeff was talking about in the show notes. So you can go over to the show notes and definitely check that out. Um, if you want to learn 10 reasons why your students are awesome. Yeah, that's great. Great, Jeff. Great uh, resource you've got there. Uh, so one thing I know that you do a lot of teacher PD, teacher training. Uh, what is what what is one of the things that you see that you can onboard the quickest. So for our listeners out there, maybe, you know, they've already started teaching the, the year because I know we start early August here in Tennessee. Um, what's something that they can onboard real quick that they can use in their classroom that it's not going to take them a whole lot of time to learn? I say start with the basics, you know, a, a simple lesson like the one that we just talked about, 10 things that you like about yourself. Again, pick one of them, have your students expand on it. And, and, you know, if you're working with your library media specialist, that goes into writing your autobiography, that goes into learning about autobiographies. Start with these basic things. I see too many coaches try to, you know, bite more than they can chew at the beginning of the year because they're all go-getters. It's all about building relationships. And that's between a coach and a teacher or a coach and a student or even a teacher and a student or curriculum and a student, right? Like you, you got to get these kids back into things. You got to get them into the swing of things. And what, you know, I, I guess it's it's unfair to say what student doesn't like to tell them what, what student doesn't like to talk about themselves, right? But if, if you can just start with these little things and build upon it, you know, Lance, I, I, I see too many teachers going, you know, the first project is A, the second project is B, and the third project is C. It really should be the first project is A, and the second project is A prime. And then the third project is A prime prime. And by the time you get through maybe the first marking period, then you go to B. But you got to start building on these skills little bit by little bit. You can't go left field, right field, center field, quarterback. You, you, you just, you can't. You, you got to build on what you have throughout the curriculum because the teachers have to learn how to do this stuff. The students have to learn how to do this stuff. Yeah. And I like what you, what you said there about small bite sizes. That, that's one thing that I always try to stress. That's what I was talking about earlier is let's do something small because I, you know, if you teach for 30 years and you level up, I'm a gamer. So if you level up over the 30 years, man, how much better of a teacher are you when you retire than, than when you started? But what I see a lot of times is, we might level up the first four or five years. We figure out what kind of works for us. And then we stay the same for the next 25 years. Uh, and, and of course, learning changes. Uh, the kids change over that time. So just bite-sized pieces, though. If we learn one to two things each year to increase in, engagement in three to four lessons, you know, how great is that? But it's the nature of learning, right? You don't go from your alphabet to coding. Right. You right. go from your alphabet to a sentence, a sentence to a paragraph, a paragraph to five paragraphs a five. Par right. Like you got to get there. And I see way too many coaches trying to learn the alphabet and then they're coding. And it's like you, you got to take this in smaller steps because the teachers will get confused, too, if you try to jump over the teachers. Yeah, yes, and you, I'm that teacher. This is a I admit confession, right? I'm that coach that is like, hey, here's everything because I'm crazy and I'm extra and I'm whatever. Um, but I have learned that I needed to create like a monthly, a yearly, I guess, to-do list. So what has helped me is, okay, August is coming. Probably the first week of August, I might just send to like the new teachers, hey, this is who I am. Nothing else other than 
this is who I am. If you need anything, email me. If I can't help you, I'm going to direct you to someone else that can. Um, and then maybe mid-August, I start sending out something. But again, doing it bite size, And that was hard for me because I was like, I've got all these ideas and I just want to ship it all out. I just want to get it out there. But um, I've really learned that you can't do that. You've got to slow down and you do have to make that to-do list that's kind of yearly and then decide, okay, when are things going to be sent out? When are things going to be talked about? When are, when am I going to start coaching cycles? Cause I don't start coaching cycles until September because help desk is insane. And if I start them in August and I'm going home and I'm working really late. And, and, and we do that to ourselves, right? Like we all just came from ISTE where we were on mind blown overdrive with all of you know, like no coach is going to walk into third grade and go, all right, we're doing esports. Like you, you, you gotta get there. Right. And if I have any advice for any instructional coach or any teacher, don't think in weeks, don't think in months and don't even think in, in, in a year thinking like a three year process, right? Like I, I just got done year number one in this elementary school. I know that year one for me was building relationships year two is going to be building relationships with something year three is going to be building those somethings into a, you know, so I'm hoping to get coaching cycles started and, and don't laugh at me in year three, because my coaches, all you know, my teachers also have math coaches, instructional coaches, reading like all these other things and me. So I'm looking at this from the longer arc of things. Um, because you have to like all, all of your teachers are overwhelmed. you got teachers changing grades. you got change teachers, changing subjects, uh, new teachers to the district. You have all of this stuff happening, new administrators, and you just came from ISTE <laughs> and you're like, do this now. So my advice is just, as Steph said, plan everything out, baby steps, organize everything. I keep everything in a one note or in a Google doc, depending on what school I happen to be at always play the long game and and you know there is no wrong answer and there is no right answer it's just just be supportive yeah and i i mean that is really hard because a lot of times those coaches are your go-getter type teachers you know or they were those go-getter teachers that were doing really good things and not everyone's ready for all of that <laughs> and the reason why you are you and the reason why you are where you are is because you can do those things mm -hmm. your role is to translate what you know what you feel what you care what you and in some way give a percentage of that to every teacher or every student that you have and you're not going to get them all in the first week so we'll we'll see and we'll have a good time yeah, you got a whole year. So just Absolutely. spread out the love. Um, so I know my district, um, we've got a lot of new staff. I don't, yep. Do you guys? Okay. What is maybe some advice or a tip or trick for that new teacher that is just starting out in their first year? Get to know them, right? Are you, are you, are you asking the question, what advice for a coach or what, what, what advice for a teacher being a new teacher? We can go both ways. So if you're a coach, get to know them. Oh, right. you know what? If, if, yeah. If you're a coach, get to know them. And and there was uh, there was an amazing educator recently that put out a tweet that had a graphic that said, what am I missing for the summertime routine? And I tweeted that wonderful, amazing coach back. And I said, talk to your instructional coach, like realize that your school district has awesome support, right? For mm -hmm. myself. Um, yeah, we have digital learning coaches. We have math coaches. We have reading coaches. 
don't feel like you're doing this alone. Your administrator is not your enemy, right? Like go to these people and say, I'm looking for help. Uh, you know, like there, there's there's times where you need to be, you know, the, the night on the horse. And that's when they come in for observations. But the, for the first couple of weeks, it's OK to walk into these people or even your neighbor across the hallway and go, OK, what can I expect tomorrow? What can I expect the next day? What can I expect the next day? I mean, reach out to help. It's easy for people like us, you know, to say, find a PLN, reach out on Twitter. Not every teacher has that. But I think the biggest advice I would have for any teacher is just one day at a time, you know, mm -hmm. plan everything one day at a time. I, I'm when I was teaching middle school three years ago, I created a mind map for every day of the year. Um, oh, I should say for every the, the for the first month, you know, lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, lesson four. By the time I got through the first month, I was doing it in weeks. By the time I got through the first marking period, then I basically had the course in in in, in my world. Um, but don't be afraid to reach out. You know, you're not doing this alone. Yeah, I love that advice because it's so true. Like I remember my first year, I was like, oh, I've got it all. I learned it all in college. Like I'm not going to ask anybody, but it's so true that we, we do need to reach out and support each other. And that is something that you can do your first year. It's the same thing I say to podcasters. You can do 50 episodes and then realize you haven't done anything. Like you, you, you really do need to do things over and over and over again before you go, okay, I got this. And trust mm -hmm. me, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I'm going to walk in on the first day of school as if it was my first day of school and everything is brand new. And, you know, we, we, we've recently done our hundredth episode and uh, Stephanie and I are still learning that we don't know exactly everything that we need to. And we're still learning stuff about each other too. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a great journey so far. I love that story. We're we're about to go over episode two hundred for Ask the Tech Coach, and even though my my current co-host Sue and I we've been together for over a hundred episodes, like we still look at each other every week, going, "Who are you? Like what like what are we doing here? Like where do, where do you want to go with all this? Like and it's awesome because you always have something new to learn and to pick up, and and I think that's what makes the content great, and I think that's what makes the coaching relationships great, or the second grade teacher to second grade teacher relationship great yeah for sure all right we're going to go on to our next statement which is our meme and quote so jeff what meme or quote did you bring this week oh i got so many of those um one of my favorite quotes i always like is you know if you think you can or can't you're probably right i i always have that especially with building teacher cast of if you think you can go out there and make a podcast go for it if you think you can go out there and 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 conquer isti go for it you know if you think you can be able to to tackle a project don't let anything stop you um the other quote that i like to say and this is kind of a, a an inner quote um Many of you know, my I've got triplets. They're going to be nine years old this year. And no matter where they are, it's always two out of three. And, you know, if you're taking a picture of the entire family, only two out of three of them can be looking at the camera at the same time. Right. If you're trying to get them dressed and out the door, only two out of three of them are going to be dressed and ready to go. And the third one's probably still going to be sleeping. So I use it as a joke with my kids and with my wife and stuff. But it really does have a lot of coaching influences and it has a lot of educational influences. Two out of three, 66% still gets you in the Hall of Fame. And, and you know, if, if you get two out of three, you're doing a really, really good job. Yeah, I knew that was going to be about your triplets. I don't know why. 
I saw the three and I was like, this has to do with something with this triplets. <laughs> and it's and it's OK. You know, like when, when they were born, we only were able to take two out of three home. The, the third one was in the hospital for three years. But we did our best with the two out of the three that we have. And now we're moving forward with that. And, you yeah. know, you, you're going to you're going to get p- kids trying to read for the first time and two out of the three can do it. But you're going to work on that one over here. And it doesn't yeah. matter if it's kids or ed tech or teachers or, or anything. If you can get two out of three, you're doing a really good job. Yeah. Um, so mine is people rarely succeed unless they have fun in what they're doing. So just have fun in what you're doing. I think that's why a lot of teachers uh, succeed because they are having fun teaching students. Lance. Yeah. So the one that I've, I've got for us today is uh, people with great passion can make the impossible happen. So I know, especially we've talked a lot today about starting a new school year, and we talked about, uh, you know, maybe new teachers coming to the building. We, we all got started into this because we had a passion to help students. So and our jobs, and the one reason that I, I came out of the classroom was uh, I realized that I could only help 90 to 120 students a year. In the position that I'm currently in, I get to help 800 teachers a year that touch the lives of 12,000 students a year. So I looked at it from an exponential standpoint of, no, am I directly affecting those students? But now I'm indirectly affecting many more students. So I just want to remind our coaches out there, you are indirectly affecting many students. But I also want to remind our, our teachers out there, you are directly affecting many students as well. You got that passion. It's where you started at. So when you're struggling, when things are going maybe the wrong way, just remember your passion and what gets you started with it. All right, Jeff, what is something that you've learned this week that you can share with others? You know, one of the things that I always try to remind myself is it's never about today. You always want to think about tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself to be thinking in fourth dimensions. And I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, like, don't be thinking about this year. Think about where you're going with things, you know, always make sure that there's a game plan. Always make sure when you when you're having a conversation with a teacher, you're always going forward. I mean, I might walk into Lance's room and say, hey, Lance, how you doing? How's the family? What's new? But I'll always leave with, hey, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Or, hey, do you mind if I stop by tomorrow? You know, there's always some kind of in the future. Let's see where this is. Or there's always a skill I'm trying to teach Lance. Sorry, Lance, but for the next time we get together. So there was always that, you know, to be continued. So I'm just I'm I'm telling my coaches that, too, just because you leave the classroom doesn't mean the conversation's over. Just because you stop the podcast doesn't mean that the show is over. Always have something to keep people moving forward. You know, that's kind of the the Chick-fil-A model, too. You know, the and for those of you who don't have Chick-fil-A in your area or we as we call it, God's chicken here, uh, (laughs) their, their quote is. The, the goodbye or the hello is just as important as the goodbye. Yep. So, so Jeff, as you said there, you're making connection with those people as you're going in and you, you know, you're letting them know that you care about what's going on, but then you're saying, Hey, I, I'm fixing to leave, but if there's something you need, just let me know and I can come back. I can help you or I'll send you something that will give you support. And, and we said the same thing at ISTE. You know, I, I came back from ISTE and people said, how was it? How do you think it went? How did you do? And my answer is always ask me next year because the relationships you make at those conferences 
are you're going to know that next year you're always going to be able to turn around and see how things are so only now are we able to turn around and go how was the pandemic time right you didn't know it going in you didn't know it while you were doing it and and you know for coaches that's why i always like working with with newer teachers i'm glad we talked about that earlier one of the things that's near and dear to me was we had a chance to rethink and rebuild our new teacher orientation program and i'm kind of leading that in my district and by working at that even though it's extra even though it's more time even though it's an extra duty and responsibility i now know that one of our digital learning coaches me in this case is getting a chance to meet work with see and help every single new staff member that comes in, which means for every new staff member that comes in, they now have a direct commercial for what experiences can be like between that staff member and their instructional coaches. So I'm taking it on and going, it's not about the training I'm giving that new staff member now. It's, hey, three weeks from now, if you need help, this is the name of your instructional coach. Go get help and find, or call me. I'll, I'll point you in the right direction then. So always be thinking ahead, always be thinking two or three steps ahead to make sure that the world still spins for somebody. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, again, it's it's just being there, being making those relationships. Um, so my share this week is a do it, choose it, improve it. So I just love how this is kind of laid out. The students have to see like a do it, they pick an activity and then they have to prove what they worked on. Lance? Yep. So the one I've got here is I, I create a video for my staff. Uh, we're constantly sending like group emails and stuff out from a team or from the school. And we all like to get on a Google Doc and work on it together. So there is a new feature inside of Google Docs that allows you to be able to create your emails uh, inside of Google Docs. Click a button and it auto sends to your Gmail and then you press send and you're good to go. One piece of advice I'll give to listeners out there, don't try to fill in the two while you're in there of everybody you're sending it to. Uh, just wait till you send it to, to your Gmail before you do that, because then it will actually concatenate and be able to read your previous uh, contacts and stuff like that. It doesn't do that in docs yet. So, uh, but we use that all the time so that me and a couple of people can work on an email together because my grammar is not great, number one, but two, to try to make sure we're getting the message out to the people that we're wanting to get out. Yeah, perfect. All right, Jeff, how can our listeners connect with you if they haven't already? You can always reach out to me over on teachercast.net. If you're an instructional coach, every Monday we release Ask the Tech Coach. We're, uh, I guess, well over 200 episodes as we go through now and hit, hit in the summertime and would love to have you guys reach out. We also have an instructional coaches network on both LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you go to askthetechcoach.com, you can find out more information. And all of those links will also be in the show notes if you need to reach Jeff. Uh, Jeff is a great person to have in your personal learning network. So make sure you do reach out with any questions. Um, and thank you so much for listening. So again, if you need to find our show notes, they're on our website at getinspiredandinnovate.com. And we'll talk to you next week.